Hey guys, what's up? We are back for our second episode of Onside Chicks. I'm your co-host Jordan Erard Coupe. And I am Kaylee Chikoski. Big, big week. Big week. Yesterday Weekend. was the, yes, the, yesterday was the deadline for the franchise tag. So there's been a lot of big names thrown around, a lot of big headlines, but I think we can all agree that the biggest thing that happened this week was Dak Prescott finally getting the long-term big contract that he's been waiting for. So why don't you start us off? Tell us a little bit your thoughts on that. Yeah, I thought it was actually kind of funny because I saw your tweet about how nothing was happening. And I think it was Diana Rossini who was like, this is... It's next week's going to be a bloodbath and the calm before the storm kind of stuff. Yeah. And it definitely was. Uh, A lot of things happened. But Dak Prescott... You know, this has been a three-season saga now of is he going to get this long-term deal? Is is something going to be done? Is he going to walk? What we're you know, last week we were talking about landing spots. We're talking about Russell Wilson to 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 Dallas. So yes, uh, a weird you know turn of events. I I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I am surprised that it happened this early in the offseason. This quick. I did not expect this right now. I kind of expected that this would drag on. A little bit longer. I don't know that I thought he would walk, but I definitely expected Jerry Jones to hold out of it. I don't yeah. know. Were Jerry you surprised? I was surprised because Jerry Jones loves drama oh and he loves the storyline and he loves teasing the media and like he lives for that kind of thing. So the fact that it happened as soon as it did really surprised me. I did kind of have a feeling that it was going to happen. And I've said it a couple of times. Like I did not want to hear about Dak Prescott, another franchise tag, which, and they did kind of do the slight back door franchise tag, but I agree with why they did that. So pretty much. So we never do have to go that route again, but um, yeah, no, it definitely came out of left field and I still, it's a lot of money. It's first of all, he, Okay, and we can talk about, I think both sides won in some way, right? Like this was a very even deal where I think sometimes you see either the team gets gouged or the player gets gouged, but this is a pretty fair deal, right? You know, Dak wanted three years. The Cowboys wanted five plus years. They settled on four. I think Dak got what he wanted. Obviously the highest signing bonus in NFL history, just literally I think a million above Russell Wilson's, yeah. I want to say, yep. and then 126 million guaranteed, which is a huge number. So for him, it is five million in year one. Wild, wild. <laughs> I mean, and he's so like Patrick Mahomes is basically the only person ahead of him in you know total money guaranteed or guaranteed at signing or total value of a contract, and then Deshaun Watson's really third in those categories. So. He ended up, I think, right where he was supposed to be. I don't know. Do you feel like this is fair? Because I I think it's easy to look at a lot of money and start talking about why he's not worth it. But I'm feeling like this is a fair number. No, I honestly think it is. And if you asked me this at this exact time last year, I would have said this is absolutely ludicrous. Because when he was asking for all this money last year, I couldn't understand why. Now seeing how this season played out, and when you really look at it, he has taken so many pay cuts over the last couple of years. So on the one hand, it's honestly, the organization just owes him for kind of what he went through and everything he's done for them. My argument last year when he was asking for big money was he hasn't really done anything to prove that he is that top level because like it's the NFC East. You can barely make the playoffs. You're competing against the Eagles who are hit or miss. Like that was really their biggest competition the last couple of years. So I was very unsure if he deserved it or not. But I think this season watching him get injured, seeing what he was able to do with that offense before the injury, and then seeing them absolutely crumble without him. I think it just proved how desperately they actually need him. And it was in that moment where I was like, they need to pay him. He is the least of their worries having that team rallies behind him so yeah. this is someone you can build around and I think it was the smartest move for them yeah and I think that's a good point because you know given the state of the NFC East last season had he been healthy their they team would've was, it. they would have taken it and yeah. they would have run away with that division now in the playoffs it's a whole different conversation but you know they were far and above those three other teams right up until that moment. And I and I think you just see how stark the difference is between the, the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott. And 
I'm just, I think you look at somebody like Jared Goff, somebody like Carson Wentz, right? These are all guys from that 2016 draft class. All that money is tied up in those guys. And you saw those extensions. You saw how pricey that got. You saw them make the wrong decision because now the Eagles are taking this huge cap hit and they don't even, I mean, they're paying him how many millions of dollars to play. Yeah. It's a $33 million hit for him to play in Indianapolis wild and then jared goff is gone and and you just look at all of these people whose money you know have these teams tied up and the cowboys are not in that same spot right like they're they're in a very different spot they're in the spot of we found a guy that we think can take this team to the next level you know they've got i don't want to say equity but they're the dallas cowboys so i mean even russell wilson is putting them on his list of you know landing spots and destinations so i think you just look at it and it's pretty interesting, but I just think they kind of won out on that 2016 quarterback draft class saga that, that keeps happening year in and year out, but oof. You know, and I think like we just talked about, they can build around that offense. He's proved he can put up 40 points on that offense. No problem. The issues that they consistently are dealing with is their defense. So I think this is the time, even if it doesn't happen this season, you've secured Dak. You have so many offensive weapons to play around with and move around. Even if you release some people or trade some people, like you have so many options to make that perfect offense. They're in such good shape. And now you can take the next year or two, build up a, I can't even believe I'm talking this highly of the Cowboys. (laughs) Honestly killing me on the inside, but I'll be fine. Looking at it from an unbiased perspective, you take the next one or two years, build up your defense, and you are 100% guaranteed playoff contenders. Last season, everyone was looking at them as Super Bowl contenders. So I think if they can keep moving in the direction that they're moving, unfortunately, they are in that conversation. So I think this is the one time I've actually sat back and been like, yes, Cowboys, you have done the right thing. Yeah, it's it is crazy because I was one of those people at the beginning of last season, not not necessarily saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl and win it, but looking at their team, especially on paper prior to the season starting. And it was scary. And I was like, that is that's tough. Like they're taking this division. They're taking this this, you know, they're running away probably through a decent portion of the playoffs. And that just crumbled immediately. And it exposed so many weaknesses. Like you mentioned, the defense. This allows them to really put the quarterback situation behind them and really allows them to focus on fixing the defense, fixing your other holes. I just think they've got draft capital, right? Like they've all their free agents, they have four comp picks in the draft. So they're going to really be able to add some pieces that are going to put, you know, a decent amount of protection around Dak Prescott's reinforce the defense, but the pressure this now puts on both Dak and the organization to Mm -hmm. set him up for success because you have Dak Prescott for four years. There's a lot of teams in this league that can make that work. There's a lot of teams in this league that can use him and get exactly where they want to go. And if the Cowboys cannot do it, you know, unless Dak Prescott gets injured or has some sort of just terrible downturn, which I don't see happening, but the pressure that's now on both of these sides is insane. And I just, it's thank goodness it's done. Like we don't have to hear about it anymore. It's done. It's four years. We don't want to talk about it for four years, but what is, I mean, what are you feeling if you're the coaching staff or you're the GM going to draft a team to put around Dak Prescott? I mean, that is, you just paid this person $160 million. I think he needs to be in the room for every single conversation that they're having. And I think, and he is that like upstanding person. Like, you know, he wants to do what's best. He literally said he was like, Dallas is home. Like he wants to make this team the best that it can possibly be. So I think in order for them to take all those next steps, you pretty much have to do the opposite of everything that the Eagles are doing. The opposite of everything that's that that the Texans are doing, look at those teams and learn and say, this is what we're not going to do and work together and build a stellar team because they're so close. And I think 
There's been a lot of arguments too. People are unsure if they should have paid him this early because he's coming off an injury. I really don't think that injury is going to affect him. It's not like it was an ACL. I don't think it's going to change the way he plays. It was gruesome and brutal. Yeah. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from that, but it's not something that you can't bounce back from. He's getting all the physical therapy. He seems to be moving in the completely right direction. I think he is definitely the future for them as long as they play it right. Yeah. I have to agree. I just, I see this, if they can do the right thing and keep the, the pieces from falling and crashing down yeah. around him, I just think you look to Houston and you say, let's not do that, right? You yeah. say, Houston, I, I just think Deshaun Watson, same caliber, right? Like, that's why we're talking about these guys financially in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes is because that's the impact they have on these teams. That's how much that they're on that level. And it's those three guys at the top and the rest are a tier below. And so you're looking at him as the kind of guy who can make an impact, is going to bring fans into the stadium, is going to help your franchise stay afloat, you know, quite yeah. frankly, especially coming out of 2020 and can get you to the Super Bowl. And so, and I think we're seeing all teams shift to this let's give players a little more autonomy. Let's give them a little more control over the narrative. Let's make them key stakeholders in this franchise, not just puppets to execute our agenda or our scheme on the field. And I think we're going to see that if we don't see that in Dallas, it's going to be a huge miss because I yeah. think any sort of fracturing of this relationship between Dallas and Dak Prescott is, I they can't afford it, to be honest with you. No, they can't. Because, Literally. Yeah. They'll lose, they'll lose way too much because we just yeah. saw what happened with the Eagles and Carson Wentz. We took a $33 million cap hit just because to watch him play in Indianapolis. And not even to just watch him play in Indianapolis, but to potentially go to the playoffs and potentially the Super Bowl in the next yeah. couple of years if it plays out how the Colts want it to play out, yeah. which they're a great team. They're fun to it watch. Was, I hate to say so it. so close with Phillip Rivers, who, as we know, he retired at the end of the season. I was even surprised. He, I thought he was going to retire at the end of last season. So when he came back, went to the Colts, I was a little shocked. Like, you know he's at the end. Like, you could just yeah. see it. So for them to be that close with him, I honestly think the second Carson Wentz is back with Frank Reich, they he's going to repair that relationship. Everything's going to be fine. And as long – the only thing that does make me nervous with uh, Jack on the Cowboys is Jerry Jones because yeah. he can sometimes – he gets his, he lets his ego get the best of him at times. So I think right now he did the right thing. They compromised on everything. They found the perfect deal that worked, but if something like steers him or rubs him the wrong way, he might like shut down and get closed off again. And if that happens, then they can start moving into dangerous territory. But if he keeps this up, they are doing everything right. I also think it's interesting because when we were talking about Russell Wilson, we were talking about how most of his list had these offensive minded head coaches, right? Like he wanted to go to a place that was really going to scheme up a balanced offense for him, which Seattle hasn't really been able to do. You know, they ended last season saying let's run the ball more, which is concerning, but you look at this coaching staff that Dallas has brought in and I'm personally not convinced um, by McCarthy's ability to scheme up something really unique to keep up with where the offense is going in the NFL. I mean, we've seen it change so much, but I think you look like you hear these old heads talk about football and talk about quarterbacks and the the mentality they have is like, Oh, that guy is not a pocket passer. Like he doesn't have the best arm in the league. He's not going to do well. You look at somebody like Lamar Jackson, who you heard that nonstop about yes. obviously not accurate because he's a fantastic quarterback, but I just think the game is changing so much. Offensive style is changing so much. I don't, I mean, I guess coaching wise and personnel wise, do you feel like they even have those pieces in place to not just end up at the Super Bowl in the next four years, but to get better consistently over the next four years? I think this season, especially if Dak, which I think he will absolutely, as long as he can remain healthy and play the full season, I think this is that season where we determine if it works or not. Because they have they have so many tricks up their sleeves. They have like their entire like offensive roster. Like they don't even really have backups. Like any yeah. of their third string receivers could be YR runs anywhere else. Yeah. So like it's even crazy to look at it that way. So I think as long as they can 
it's going to be all about communication. It, that's really what it keeps coming back to. As long as they give everybody a say, we see these young coaches come in and they're the ones other than Andy Reid. He's kind of, he's like the exception Yeah, because he, him, and that's mainly because of his relationship with Patrick Mahomes, like the way they connect and like work well together. That's what makes it all work. So I think as long as he can kind of grow with the times and not get stuck in that, you're going to remain in the pocket. You're going to do this. And like, it, we're moving to a point in the league where each position, it's everyone can do a little bit of everything. And that's how you win. And that's how you keep growing. So I think as long as they can grasp that concept, they're going to be fine. And I think this season, towards the end of the season, will determine if it works for sure or not. Yeah. And for them, they've got some of the right pieces there already. Obviously, having Ezekiel Elliott's not a bad, not a bad place no. to be. Having CD Lamb, having all these guys that you drafted really well last season that you brought on to support your offense. I just think stepping up in the defensive area, this yeah. should look like a completely different team this year, but I, I, it is uh, going to be interesting. I actually, as much as I don't necessarily like the Cowboys, there, there is some, <laughs> you have a reason, you have a reason. Um, I don't necessarily like them, but it is, I want him to succeed. So it's a weird place to be mentally to. No, that's, that's a little, cause I love Dak Prescott. Yeah. Love it's hard not person. to. It's hard. He is just a literal angel. Like that's how he, he just seems like an eight, like the nicest person ever. He's beyond talented. And even when he gets frustrated, he like still see, like, it's never like anger. Like it's always like, this is what we can do better, which I love. I just love that side of him. So it's so weird because I do want to root for him and I do want to see him do well. I just can't. I literally just can't. It's, it's, yeah. it's not in me. That's why I didn't want Russell Wilson. That's why I was kind of hoping Dak would leave so I could like actually root for him like regularly. But yeah, we are. I'll still wish him the best. Just lose to the Eagles always. Yeah, I think it's fun because Russell Wilson, you just have no idea. Like if he were to go somewhere else, it would change so many people's opinions and I guess feelings toward him because right now I just don't know a lot of people that compete in that division with their teams that they root for. So, you know, when I see things about Russell Wilson, it's always positive. I think yeah. it's, it's, he's another guy. It's really hard not to like him. It's yeah. hard. It's hard not to say amazing things about him, but if he were to come and play, I mean, I definitely don't want him in the AFC South. I'll say that. So, and I don't think anyone wants him in their division, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott, yeah. I mean, in Dallas for four years, so we don't have to talk about it. And that's great. And that's all I'm going to say about that is I thank goodness, because for three years, this whole whirlwind drama has just sucked the air out of NFL free agency. And I think, honestly, it's going to take four years for the Eagles to rebuild and even have a chance anyway. So it's fine. I've accepted it. It's totally fine. Good luck, Jack Prescott. (laughs) let's talk running backs um we're gonna dive into two position groups today but running backs it's it's kind of weird because we're gonna talk running backs and we're gonna talk receivers receivers it felt like franchise tags were flying off the handle running backs it was kind of like dead silent crickets not a lot going on but we'll start with your boy that we talked about last week Aaron Jones not tagged give me your give me your first impression of what's what's in the future for Aaron Jones. So honestly, we literally talked about this last week where I pretty much came to the conclusion it's next to impossible for him to stay in Green Bay, um, but I wanted him there. And I'm still honestly in that same position. I think they did what was best for him and they realized he deserves to get paid. He deserves, he does. He deserves like to have a big contract. He deserves to be somewhere long-term. Um, they Packers have little time to waste, but yeah. I honestly, I think if they can make something work, what are they? They're 5.3 million. No, that's the Steelers. Steelers. So I honestly think he can go to the Steelers or Miami because the Steelers are 5.3 yeah. million under the cap and Miami is 24.4 million under the cap. So I think those are his top two landing spots, which we talked about last week. But Green Bay is 9.6 million over, over the cap. <laughs> yeah. So they would have to do a lot to rework yeah. and make it happen. And I think at the end of the day, they want him and I think they kind of need him. But it's just, I don't know if it's feasible for them to actually move that much around to keep him there. 
Yeah. So it's a weird thing. They, I see them like trying, but they also, they have no time to really waste because we have what a week, March 17th is when it's officially starts. And I think he's going to be one of the ones that gets swooped up instantly. Cause there are, like I just said, Miami and the Steelers teams that would, could really use him and they have the money to spend, especially the dolphins to actually get him and keep him long-term and give him what he deserves. So it's going to be an interesting <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. He's I honestly, this is a win for him just at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a 26 year old running back. You saw what he did last year. I just think that he's capable. He's probably the most versatile back on the market right now. He's just a guy that can catch passes out of the backfield. He can run the ball at the middle. He's, he's a very like shifty dude. And he's probably the number one running back in free agency right now. All eyes are on him. So this yeah. is really a win for him because so the rumor right now is that the Packers offered him just under $10 million a year, right? So um, that's to put that into perspective, McCaffrey is making $16 million. Elliot's yeah. making $15. Kamara is making $15. You've got Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, all sitting around $12, $13. But, you know, they've got a week to get a deal done. They want him. I just don't even think that it's going to be possible. No. Because they... They'd have to give up. Yeah, they'd have to give up way too much. And they're not really in a position to do that because the guy, they have such few like stars. And for them to be able to pay him, it's not worth giving up the few pieces that they have in order to keep him because they're in the same position. Yeah, they're it's it really is like there's a ceiling there, right? On the Packers and what they're able to accomplish. You don't necessarily need big names to win Super Bowls. I just think that it helps. I love Aaron Rodgers. I know. And and it's so bad. And we thought that it was bad last year in the draft. And we were kind of like, oh, they got Aaron Rodgers. No help. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, yes, great. You put a fire under his ass. Now he's back. He's up. He's, you know, Aaron Rodgers-ing all over the the place. (laughs) But making an MVP campaign. But at the same time, you should have reinforced your offense. And now you have your number one guy ready to walk. But I just don't see any way they get this deal done. But um, a win for him, for sure. A win for both of them, because they couldn't afford the franchise tag, really at all, obviously, being over the cap. But, you know, he also gets to land somewhere that can probably afford him, probably is in a better place to win now. And I think the Dolphins, absolutely right. Not a unique take. I think that's probably the most logical place for him to go they have a ton of cap space they can pay him as the top 10 running back which he is but they have other needs in the draft too right so looking at where the Dolphins are sitting in the draft now they don't have to go out and get Najee Harris they don't have to go out and secure a running back who on paper looks great but you never know when a rookie gets in right so now you're gonna have a guy if you get Aaron Jones then you're gonna have a guy that really knows you would know exactly what he's going to bring. You know exactly how he's going to play, you know, what to expect, how to fit him in. Now you can go address your other needs in the draft. So it's a win for whoever gets him. It's a win for him. It's, it could be a win for the Packers if they make it that way, but you know, they're, they're not great. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be nice. I would be thrilled. But at the end of the day, this is what he deserves. He proved himself this season he continues to prove himself and I want him to get, he deserves top running back dollar. End of story. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And there's just not a ton of teams that can afford it. (laughs) And that's like, and salary cap literally today went down 8% from last year. Yeah. So that I, and I saw honestly a couple weeks ago, I got a headline that was, it was supposed to be raised. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, I mean, they estimated and they said it would be at least 180. Yeah. Um, I think 182 to 183 is exactly what we expected, exactly what everyone expected. Um, But kind of interesting because I think this allows people to now, there is no spectating or speculating, right? There's no, if this happens and we can do this, if that happens, we can do this. It really is like, it's all set in stone. You're going to see these decisions come faster now. That's why I think this week, probably is not even near to over because you look at they've got a week to get a deal done with these guys that they didn't tag so you're gonna see people cut you're gonna see people moving around people not getting deals done and just holding out and waiting for free agency and so it's pretty it's a bloodbath is on the way 
like Diana Rossini said. Yes. I don't I don't doubt it. No, it really was. She tweeted that and then there was a couple days of like literally nothing. And nothing that's when I was silent. sitting there and I was like, it, it, you know when like you're in like a dark alley and it's like too quiet and too yeah. dark and you like can feel that something is coming? Yeah. That was literally how this week felt because yeah. it was like, all right, like we know there's so many, there's deadlines approaching. The salary cap happened. We know free agency starts on the 17th. Like, there was so much looming and yet it was so quiet. And then all of a sudden it was like one after my phone was going off for literally yeah. two days straight, like one after the other. And then Dax, I was in the middle of working a shift at the bar and Dak signed his contract. And I was like, I got double sad. I'm running around like crazy. And I was like, I have to work two jobs right now. I literally told my yeah. table, I was like, hold on, Dak Prescott just signed a contract. <laughs> Posting on Instagram. Understandable. And all that. Yeah. Hold on. You're going to have to wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring your ranch, but I just need to tweet about this real quick. So you don't have to hold on. Yeah, I, it is, uh, it was kind of, it was very shocking and I'm, but here's the thing is this is what we wanted. We wanted a fun off season and yeah. we're going to get it. And I do think at the end of the day, once all is said and done and everything's set in stone, it probably won't feel as shocking as it feels right now. Cause we're in the middle of it. It's chaotic. And I think we're all considering the what ifs as if they're happening, like the Russell Wilson situation, like Deshaun Watson moving. I just think at the end of the day, maybe 50% of these things will, you actually know, happen. will actually happen. So we'll be talking about this in a very different way as we approach the season. But, you know, I it, it is Aaron Jones. I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah. Chris Carson did not get tagged. No. Um, I will say from a fantasy perspective, love the guy. I find him to be super underrated, mm -hmm. obviously. I, I mean, he was drafted, what, in the last round in 2017? Yeah. So a wild, wild come up, a glow up for now Chris Carson. Now he's one of the people we have our eyes on the most. Yeah. And so he's been the main fixture of the Seahawks offense, obviously considering. Well, three years. Yeah. So he can handle it. He's another guy. He's right up there. He's probably less expensive than Aaron Jones. But where are you feeling like he could land? So I have a couple places he could land. I am feeling for him either the Jets or the 49ers, Ooh. which I either want. They both have money to pay. And the Jets, they've been relying on got like, who's there? I have it written down. They here. have Frank Gore. Yeah. And Jeff Wilson has never played more than 12 games in a season. Yeah. Ever. So like yeah. they need someone that they can consistently rely on and they have money to spend. And like we said, he's cheaper. It's going to be cheaper than a guy like Aaron Jones. And you yeah. don't take that risk when drafting, you know, exactly what you're going to get. He's been Seattle's main guy for the last three seasons. That is exactly, I think the kind of person they need, especially there's the rumors about Jimmy Garoppolo and we don't even know what's going to happen there. So I think that would be a really good landing spot. And then the jets, we know they just got their new coach. Yep. We don't know what's going to happen with Sam Darnold yet, but they are in need of a complete overhaul. If they keep Sam Darnold, I think having offensive weapons for him would be really good. So I could see him going one of those two places. Yeah, I would I would actually not mind seeing him in the Jets. I, I said this last night. I'm I'm not, I don't want to say I'm all in on the Jets, but I do think that this come up for them is going to be way faster than people think it is, just because Everyone wants to play for Robert Saleh. Everyone's saying that. Every player that has ever come into contact with him is just speaking very highly of him. So I think it really is attracting these top guys that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten. But and I, I honestly think Sam Darnold is a great quarterback. I think so too. I just, I don't even, I, don't, I won't even sit here and say he's great. I'll just say we haven't even seen anything, right? Yeah. Like he was in the worst possible place with the worst possible coaching staff. He, I mean, I don't care what Bill Belichick says. You're not going to convince me that Adam Gase is a great coach for a quarterback to play under. You won't convince me of it. So I think I said it on my YouTube every single week. I was waiting every yeah, week. Yeah. When are we going to fire Gase? It made yeah. no sense to me. It took way too long. So I'm like, well, you can't get any worse. Yeah, so what like, are you what waiting for? Heck? Yeah. And I just, I, I want to see people go there. I want to see players do well there. I want to see their culture turn around. But I have him... My landing spots for him were the Steelers and the Bills. Um, the, the Steelers, we talked about, terrible run game in 2020. Yes. Honestly, given their hot start, right, 11-0, I think that was one of the things that was really holding them back. Um, the last in the league in rushing yards per game and in yards per carry. So, you know, you have James Conner, who's a free agent. So, you know, he's a significant upgrade from Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane. But, you know... 
Chris Carson's an update, an upgrade from James Conner. Yeah, so absolutely. if you let James Conner go, you've got money. You can pay, you know, Chris Carson like he deserves to be paid. He's gonna. Yeah. That's a prime spot. I mean, I don't know necessarily that Ben Roethlisberger is the biggest draw now, but given all of the other offensive weapons they have and and what they were able to accomplish, given the fact that they had such big holes last year, yeah. It's not the worst place to go. They no. need a guy that can extend drives, break tackles. That's Chris Carson. Yeah. I can see that as a fit. The Buffalo Bills, he's in their price range. Devin yeah. Singletary, Zach Moss are not that impressive. But, you know, I, I could see him going to either of those places. I do think he'll get a short-term deal just because I think he, most teams, like we said, just don't have the capital to spend. So I think he is going to get a shorter-term deal. Maybe they'll try to, like, push the bulk of that money off until 2022. But he's going to go somewhere. He's going to go somewhere and he's going to thrive. I just, I want it to be a place where he does get to show out. Yes. We but, want it to um, be a team where he can, they're close. Like he, yes. if, imagine if he was like the Jimmy's on top, like they're there, like honestly Steelers. I don't know. There's so many options. I know. There's so them in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, San Francisco is a weird one. We will dive into teams and I think that's probably oh. a good one to dive into at some point, but they've got, so many questions, so many unanswered questions. So that actually could be pretty interesting. But um, no, they're, they're, teams I feel like this year are one end of the spectrum or the other. They're either they have plenty of salary cap and they know exactly what they need to fill and they're ready to go do it. Or they have no salary cap and too many choices to be made and not enough time and not enough money. And there's not a lot of in-between teams that are just kind of like, yeah, we need, a, we need a few things and we have enough salary cap for it. So it's either one extreme or the other. I honestly feel like we're going to have one of those seasons, especially just with how weird and unpredictable 2020 was. And even in 2021, I don't think we're going to be back to complete normalcy. No. I think we'll be much closer, but like we're moving in the right direction. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those seasons that's filled with teams that kind of come out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Like the Bills this season, like I knew they were going to be good. Honestly, I predicted, I think I had them going 12 and four and they went 13 and three. So like, I knew they were going to be good. I just didn't know how good. And the Dolphins, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were right there and people weren't expecting to see that out of them. I feel yeah. like it's going to be more of, we're going to see more of that. Like teams that you're not totally sold on that just kind of come out and are like, look, we're here too. Especially if, because looking at the teams that are under cap and have money to spend, it's teams that like you said, like they are moving in the right direction and they're teams that we're not used to like seeing in playoff conversation and they have, they now have this extra money and they can yeah. make moves and pull things together and end up making a run. Yeah. I so teams go through this cycle and that's a good point is teams do this thing, especially when they're trying to rebuild and they're doing it slowly you know, they go through this three, four, five-year cycle where they get draft capital for the future. They really kind of stockpile their options and all of their moves that they can be made. And this is where a lot of those teams are completing that cycle, right? We see a lot of teams yeah. with a ton of draft capital, a ton of cap space. They've planned for this year. They've planned to make moves this year. But I just, it's fun because there's more than one of those. The Jets are one of those. We've just seen so many. And it's going to be interesting because I want to see some of these teams come out of nowhere. Like the Jets, I'm just rooting for them. But this is a question for you. Oof. <laughs> um, I don't know. I want to say no just because they have a ton of draft capital. So I think they are going to try to go cheap and young. Um, they do have a plenty of cap space, so I could see them signing one major guy. They franchise tagged um, Cam Robinson, so obviously looking out for Trevor Lawrence. Um, and that's obviously the assumption that they take him at number one. Yeah. We now have a left tackle franchise tag to keep him safe, which is a notorious problem is the O-line in, Jack in Jacksonville. We spent 10 years building the O-line in the draft, and we still had a terrible O-line. So it um, it is... I don't see I don't think they'll make any good huge moves. I'm honestly not that impressed with any of the moves they've made <laughs> up until now. Um, so we'll see. But I, I hope they make one big move because I think the thing that the Jaguars lack is big names and actually taking the risk and jumping in with both feet into these guys that are worth the price. And they've always kind of been these like bargain hunting kind of team, but I I'm over it. Like I I, I just don't 
I don't want to see any more of these like guys that are in their thirties that they bring around and maybe they were a big name five years ago. And now they want, now they want to make him back into some sort of playmaker. And that's what the Jaguars do the best is just find these like Island of misfit toys guys and try to make them work. And I'm a little over it. So if we have the money, I hope they spend it. But I mean, I don't know. Let me know in the chat who you would want them to get because I'm here for big moves. Trevor Lawrence and big moves. Oh I, don't mind. I would love remember that. Remember this season, all of the moves you guys made in the off season last year, I was so confused. Like I literally couldn't wrap my mind around any of it. And going into it, I was like, what the heck are the Jags doing? And yeah. then week one, you came out and won. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, maybe they have a plan. Like maybe they know what they're doing. And then it went downhill after that so quick, but they can't mess up this draft. And as long as they yeah. do that, like you said, hopefully they can pick someone up or at least draft really well, get some young guys to kind of build around. And then in the next year or two, hopefully some big cool. things come in. I mean, here's the thing. I sat on my couch. And your hopes up at all. No, because I'm not impressed with our coaching staff. I'm not impressed with any of the moves that have been made. I get camera. I get wanting to protect Trevor Lawrence, but you have so much money. You have so much draft capital that just seemed like a really weird place to use the franchise tag, but that's just my opinion. I think he's great. I think he's worth it, but I don't know that that was the best move that could have been made. Um, but I also think they've had success with young guys, right? Like, so I don't necessarily think they're a team that needs to go out and get veteran free agents because you look at their offense, right? Like James Robinson is a running back who came out of nowhere, undrafted, you know, rookie. And so you know, he's been able to be successful. Our wide receivers are all young guys that aren't big names that have been able to really kind of hold up with the best of them. I mean, week one, I was sitting on my couch saying we're going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, that was like the- that about <laughs> when we were up 17, nothing. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, short lived, but yeah. I'm happy I experienced it for one week. And, you know, I really got a soft spot for the Colts later in the season because at first I was like, wow, that one loss is really going to keep them out of the playoffs which is pretty funny but at the same time I was like no they're fun to watch and we're not winning any games so they might as well go but one thing that I'm really sad now that can't happen for the Jags I, was, I knew I knew this I was gonna say it if you perfect, did. perfect transition here yeah. because I was holding out hope this would never happen so don't even comment it I know this would never happen I know it's unrealistic don't at me it was a pipe dream I was holding out for it I wanted Alan Robinson to come back to us I just wanted him to get fed up with the Bears. So I wanted him sorry. to I wanted him to come back, you know? And then maybe Jalen Ramsey will trickle back one day. Like all of these pieces may just come back and we can relive 2017 all over again. <laughs> That's not happening because Allen Robinson got franchise tagged. Again, doesn't necessarily mean he's not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. So I'll say that. There's a lot of options on the table, but Tell me how you feel about this one. There's when I'm exploring the options of what could possibly happen now that he's been franchise tagged is literally any possibility of things could happen. At yes. this point. You know, because they have until what mid July to like actually secure yeah. another, like an actual contract for him. So that could still happen. If you immediately look at it, franchise tag, it's honestly selfish of the bears. They were literally like, we are just going to do this so we cannot lose you. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, and for yeah. some reason, like Chris Godwin was the other big name, which I know yeah. we'll get into, but he was the, I look at those situations completely different. Yeah. When I look at Chris Godwin on the bucks, I'm like, this is so smart. They're keeping all those pieces together. For some reason, when I look at Allen Robinson getting franchise tagged on the bears, it seems selfish to me because yeah. it also, he is so talented if he hit the market, he would have been like number one. Everyone would have been fighting over him. He would have gotten big money from a team that really, really needs him. And the Bears need him. But like they are so far from being where they need to be. Yeah. Their quarterback situation is so unsteady. We saw Mitch like kind of getting it together towards the end of last season. I still don't really have faith in him as like a long-term guy. You can totally put all your eggs in one basket. So I don't know, like, I hope honestly that they can figure out a contract for him. And then that would make me feel a lot better about this. But my immediate gut reaction is this kind of sucks. I agree with you. I, but I also think it does suck, right? Because I don't know that a lot of teams are going to come in and, and give two first round picks for Allen Robinson in this year's free agency. Yeah. I think that's the big, that's the big 
caveat, right? Is it, it's yeah. this year. It's a tough year. You know, everyone's broke. Everyone's broke. Everyone's uncertain. Like people who need him don't necessarily have the cap space to go get him. But I just, do, I do think we will get to Kenny Galladay, by the way. But yeah. I, I do think that it's pretty interesting because at this point, like you said, they have until July 15th to get a long-term deal done. He's on tender. So any other team could come in, offer him a deal. And if they can't match it, he's gone, right? Like yeah. I said, I don't see a lot of teams coming in with two first-round picks ready to swoop up and save the day and get him out of out of Chicago. But at the same time, someone could. I mean, I don't know every team's cap situation off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a handful of teams. You don't have them all memorized? How dare you? I know. I know. <laughs> Here come the the internet warriors. Um, but yeah, the, it is uh it's kind of wild because I do think it depends what the quarterback situation is. I think yeah. not just for Allen Robinson, but for the team, right? Because they I think it's selfish and it does feel like a hostage situation, but yeah. it also feels like if they figure out their quarterback situation, which I have no idea where that's gonna go, no. to be honest with you. I have I don't even have a clue as to where they're leaning for that, but you know. If they figure it out and Allen Robinson wants to be there, I think that could be a really good fit. I think they could make something work. But I think if they, you know, end up with, with, I mean, Trubisky or Drew like you're done, right? Like he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be with those guys. He doesn't want to have to catch balls from those guys. But, you know, he can either play for $18 million guaranteed or he can hold out. Um, Also an option, right? So, He's either playing on the tag for 18 million guaranteed. He's getting a long-term deal or he's holding out or someone comes and gets him, which I think is probably the least likely option. And I think the only way he holds out is if they severely mess up the quarterback situation. And that I'm honestly hoping that, and because mainly everything I've seen with Russell Wilson, all I see is Russ to Chicago. That's all I've been seeing. It's all yeah. I literally tweeted the other day. I was like, why is my entire timeline right now talking about like I thought it happened for a second because when I logged in, like it was all these tweets back to back to back. So I'm honestly kind of hoping that maybe there's some conversations going on that we haven't even really seen yet. Like maybe they're talking to him like they yeah. they franchise tagged him to keep him. They're trying to get Russell Wilson. So they're saving that money for right now. And then they'll figure out something later. So maybe they honestly have something in the works that like we don't really know about yet, which then it would make me feel a lot better about this. But it's just weird for right now. Like he was third the last two seasons. He's third in total receptions. Like he's a beast. He's a baller. So yeah. it's weird to just like you said, it's a hostage situation, like holding him on this team that as of right now, they had like a weird almost playoff run for like a hot sec, but like they, they won don't... like five games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like this. Ex- I was like, what the heck is yeah. going on right now? But it was very short lived, did not last. And I don't see them coming out and just being absolutely great this season unless they can figure out major, major pieces. So yeah. this is a big question mark to me as of right now. Yeah. And they're like on paper situations, pretty terrible. Just yeah. given their cap situation, their draft capital for the next few years, they're not looking ahead at great times, but I think the reason that Russ's name is coming up, oh my gosh, you know what? I don't feel bad because we (laughs) always, I mean, when we talk about early days of football, it's just Chicago Bears talk all day long. So I'm over it. So, you know, I don't feel bad, but I just, yeah, you (laughs) had your time. Most of you weren't even alive for it, but I don't care. You've had it. It exists. Same same way with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, you guys weren't even alive for the last time you won a championship, but I don't care. Yeah. Don't care. Don't want to hear about it. But but yeah, I just think Russell Wilson listed those four teams. Well, Dallas is out, right? Yeah. New Orleans is pretty much out because they're they still have 50, 60 million dollars over the cap to figure out. They've got to let pieces go. They've already yeah. started releasing guys that they released Emmanuel Sanders today. Hold on. I was sh- I mean, I get it because you need I get to figure it. out money, but that stinks. Yeah, that sucks. So I mean, the Bears are really the only option if Russell Wilson's not bluffing and if he is actually going to walk or try to walk. Um, and get a deal okay, done, okay. which I don't foresee happening. But, you know, that's the only place he could really go. And yeah. I mean, the Raiders are pretty stuck on, you know, that whole situation. They've got there being the one for them. Yeah. So that's what they're saying publicly. I think if Deshaun Watson walked up and said, I want to be in Las yeah, Vegas, yeah. That, that conversation would change. Say no to that. Yeah, yeah. That would be, that'd be different. 
So especially because a situation like that too, there are team. I want Marcus Mariota as the Eagles backup. So you can make like you can trade him, get, do something with Derek Carr. There are definitely teams that could use Derek Carr either as a starter or a backup. But like I feel like if Deshaun Watson came, you could figure something out to make him your guy. Yeah. I, I especially if you're the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting too because either Deshaun Watson holds out is what I hope. I don't want him to I don't want him to play if they're not I, I don't know. I don't want him to play for the Texans. No, I just think either. he's too good for that. I think he's the situation Yeah, I'm not happy with what they've done on on his part. So I I don't know that he'll move, but that would be fun. Him him in Las Vegas would be fun. Um but I think that's the only way they get rid of what everything they've got going on there because yeah. I mean they're gonna have to give up a ton a ton I mean not just not just draft picks but I mean players right like I, I I don't know that he's necessarily going to change their situation right off the bat they might be better just to wait and feel it out and see what they can do but um I don't know I I do agree though I think this feels like a hostage situation and Chris Godwin feels like a a fun, loving, heartwarming story of, of the band staying yeah. together. Yeah. He's like winning is a part of happiness. Like, <laughs> like he was like, I wouldn't want to go somewhere and get an, a couple extra million dollars to just be subpar. Like they are living the, and like with the way it's looking and the way that entire team, Mike Evans was saying it too. Mike Evans was like, I take a pay cut to keep everybody together. Like that whole team is like, we are just having so much fun and we love Tom Brady and we want to win another Super Bowl. And like with the way they're looking, they could run right back into the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because this is like kumbaya yeah, around the campfire. Like yeah. It, and that, that's the thing though, culture. And that's what makes these two situations absolutely different. Exactly. Like if, and that's why I wish that the bears figured out their quarter or made like did something to make him feel comfortable there. Like here, we're trying to get there, but like for them to lock him in, like we can't get rid of you right now. And then to like, not have anything to really look forward to. Like it's imagine him looking at Chris Godwin right now. He's probably like, I want to feel like that. I yeah. want to be proud of my franchise tag. Cause it's not like it's, not, it's $18 million. Like it's not a bad amount of money. Like no. it's a lot of money. It just, he, when you look at his, it's the same situation as Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. Like it's a different position, but like it is the same crazy. situation. Yeah. And it gives exactly. me the same feeling in my heart, which is not good. And I feel he is so good. And I just, I watched him play firsthand in person. I, I rooted for him for many years. I just think that he is way too good to be in this situation. And when you think about your prime, you think about wasting years, like JJ Watt said to Deshaun Watson, sorry, we wasted your years. I, I think he's wasting years in Chicago. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the hardest part for him is not only not only is the franchise just not in a good state as far as rebuilding and, and getting pieces where they need them to be, but they're not instilling a lot of faith in their team. And you can see that by the way players are interacting and talking about the team, talking about this year um, and the future of this franchise. So I just, I want him, I want better for him. Yeah. So I do hope that at least they get a good quarterback or at least someone comes and gets him. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, but the quarterback situation kind of seems like inevitable. Like they have to figure it out or yeah. what? I don't know. I mean. But do you think Mitch is a long-term guy no. for them? Okay, no. good. Because I don't either. No, I, I thought it was actually humorous. Remember when Mitch Trubisky was getting drafted and everyone was like, he's the number one quarterback in this draft. And I'm like, you're delusional. Yeah, no, on crack. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. That's not <laughs> it. You're wrong. And everyone's like, see, and like he started, he came out. He didn't look terrible in his NFL debut, especially the first few weeks. But then, oof, it got he's, rough real fast. Hot mess. And it's not like... Because you have a guy like Allen Robinson. Like, it's not like you have nothing. Like, there's enough there to make it. It's just, it's not. It's not it, Chief. It's not ideal. It's, I I just think, I don't know. I, I want to see him succeed. I But then again, like, we could all just be sitting here and this could be a fun clip to play back mid-season of 2021 when the Bears are undefeated. And yeah, 11 <laughs> and 0. And yeah. We're, like, biting our tongues. Like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird – it's weird, though, because I think 2020 was hard to predict because we didn't have preseason. We couldn't see anything. 
there wasn't as many moving pieces because of the uncertainty around the season. Now it's almost the opposite. There's so many moving pieces that we have no idea what these teams are going to look like next year. Like all of these powerhouses, like I'm not even saying the Bucks. I, I think you're right. I think they're retaining so many pieces where it seems like it's logical that they could make another run. It's it's probably inevitable that they make another run deep into the playoffs. Um, but you know, they they franchise tagged Chris Godwin. They they got Levante David back. Mm-hmm. Now you really there's other pieces that they have to figure out, Shaq Barrett. But mm-hmm. you know, he like Chris Godwin, I don't even know where he would have gone, but you know, they're paying their offensive stars well because i mean 33 million for him and evans together mm-hmm. i mean that's that's great but at the end of the day your defense and your line won you that super bowl not your offense yeah. so as great as it is to that. yeah so as great as it is to pay these offensive guys um there's probably guys on the defense that you should be a little more concerned with yeah, because but they wouldn't even have made it past the nfc championship game as if it wasn't for that defense Oh, I mean, well, they looked not great against Washington. They looked no. not great against the Saints, not great against the Packers. So, I mean, the, the, all through the playoffs, their defense kept them in the game, right? Like, huge defensive plays, takeaways, turnovers, pick sixes, like, putting them in positions to win, giving them better field position. And the offense made really costly mistakes, not in the Super Bowl, but every other game leading yeah. up to the Super Bowl, the offense consistently made mistakes. Right. And Tom Brady didn't put up great numbers. The offense itself didn't put up great numbers. You know, you had a few big breakout plays from like Leonard Fournette. You had people stepping up, Cameron Bray, but you didn't, it just wasn't the offense that won you a Super Bowl. I mean, the offense sat back on the bleachers and, and on the bench and said, we're done halfway through the Super Bowl. Right. Because they didn't have to do anything else. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what teams fall from the throne in 2021 and what teams come up from the bottom into the playoffs. Cause I, don't I think even, that's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. And I don't need, I, cause lot going into last season, like you said, there was no preseason. I was making my predictions and I was like, I feel blind. And I thought yeah. that was a lot going into this season. I genuinely don't know what the heck we're about to witness. And we're not even, it's not even close to being over yet. Like yeah. there are this off season, there's still so much that is going to happen. And I honestly think we're going to look at this league like going into this season and it's going to feel so different than even this past season. Like another segue, we also still have to see where Kenny Galladay ends up because he was not tagged. He was not. Yeah. But this makes sense to me though. Am I insane? No, I think it makes, and he deserves money. They honestly, they have it, but like, I think they literally, they just got Jared Goffin. I literally think they just want to start fresh, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think they're also not willing to fully tank and rebuild from the bottom, which is why they bring a guy like Goffin is yeah. because he's going to look good enough. So your players believe you're trying to win games and your fans believe you're trying to win games, but he's not going to win, right? Like no. he's not going to get you to the playoffs. He's just going to get you close enough, especially with that team, right? Cause you look you look at the Rams and what they have both on the defensive side of the ball, but also on the offensive side of the ball. And it makes sense why they were really a contender for a, a decent period of time. Right. That makes sense. Now <laughs> this, this doesn't make, I mean, the lions don't make sense. And yeah. I don't know what they've got up their sleeves that they're planning. I just think they are trying to rebuild and they're trying to let it down easy and I don't think they want to fully go Jaguars and yeah. win one game in the entire season. But I think they just want they want people to show up to games. They want their team to show up to games. They want people to play at 100%. But they don't want – they want to get draft capital. Yeah. And I think – It seems like a consistent 8-8 yeah. team to me. Like oh. I can't – I can see them doing fine. But like yeah. like for years, like they are going to be 8-8 eight and eight for like – as long as the future can like hold, because I really don't see anything great happening. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is I just think Kenny got, like you said, he deserves more money. He also turned down more than the 15.8. He would have gotten on the franchise Mm -hmm. tag from that franchise. So he's not, he was never going. I don't think the franchise tag route. Like I think maybe they would have, but I think again, if you're trying to build a culture, rebuild, trust in your organization i think that's not what you don't want to hold players hostage and i think that's what it would have been because you know he wants probably 17 18 19 million per season right which is fair given 
given his role in this franchise and how important he's been for them, but they're not going to pay it. So if they're not going to pay it, he needs to go somewhere else. Now, where else can he go? I don't know. I mean, what? And they're in an interesting situation too, because Marvin Jones and then Danny Amendola are also going to be free agents. Yeah. So like, are they, they just got Tyrell Williams, who is Raiders last, last season, right? Yeah, I believe so. So they picked him up, but like, I don't know. Are they just going to, it? because like Danny Amendola is good, but like not great. Marvin Jones, good, not great. Like, I just don't really, it seems like, like, I, like they're just going to be average. Yeah. If they bring them back, I don't even know if that's actually going to happen or if they're just literally scratching. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, I think, well, you look at Matthew Stafford as well as Everyone talks about his potential, which is kind of wild that you gave up so much for a guy that really has nothing but potential to offer um, because his stats on paper aren't that great. The team's record's not that great. Yeah. He's never led them to anything. But, you know, Jared Goff is also not not the best either, right? No, so I, I don't Rams, even see... I don't even think the Rams would have gotten... The Rams rely on their defense. Like, that wasn't yeah. Goff. Like, I don't know. He's no. just like a block. He honestly... Rem- it, I have a feeling he's going to have a very Philip Rivers career. Everyone's going to know his name. He's going to, but like, he's not going to achieve anything great. No, I, I agree with you. And I think if you, Kenny Galladay is very good, right? Like yeah. he's very good at, at making those tough catches, making things happen, creating space and getting out into open field. He's really good about being creative, right? And making plays out of nothing. Now, Matthew Stafford, if is all to be believed about his ability, his arm, his accuracy, all of this stuff, then he's probably 50% of that. Now, I'm not saying Kenny Galladay is not as great as we think he is, because I think that probably is a tandem situation. I don't think one exists without the other, but at the same time, I don't see Jared Goss not going to make those throws. He's not making Matthew Stafford throws. He's not playing ball like Matthew Stafford is, and I don't think... I think if you have Jared Goff, I don't think Kenny Holiday is going to be as successful, which for the team, you obviously want a player that's going to produce. You don't want to pay players that aren't going to fit your scheme, fit your quarterback, be successful. And I think for Kenny Holiday, you don't want to play with a guy. It's much like Allen Robinson. You don't want to play with a guy who can't make those throws and yes. can't get you the ball and can't win games. And I think, I, I think this is a win for both sides. I think it makes sense. I I want to see where he lands. I think it'll be interesting. I wouldn't hate if he came to the Jaguars. I think um, I, I I do like the feeling and the vibe of the Jaguars being this like, like ragtag kind of like young guy team. So I don't, maybe not an offensive guy, but if he was the offensive guy, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. So, is that you where know. you think he'll end up or is that where you are like kind of hoping? Um. I could I don't say, know where I could see him going. I don't really know where I would see him fitting in, but I wouldn't hate it. And I think that says a lot because I think when you're a fan of the team or of any team, these moves can be you either despise them or you're rooting for them 110. Yeah. And with him, it's like that'd be good. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, we don't need it. I don't think, but it'd be Honestly, nice. The Eagles need him, but we can't pay him. So we're in a crappy situation. I feel like every like good player, I'm just sending them to the jets. I'm like, just go start, start there. Like that's where I just feel like I know they all can't go there, but like, that's literally every time I hear about like a good player, free agent jets have money. I'm like, just go like, have fun. Why not? Start something new there. <laughs> I'm here for it. I mean, that's the thing is I I have a big I'm here for the Jets. If Kenny Galladay actually I could see that. Kenny Galladay to the Jets. Right. I mean kind of fit. What, why not? Because like last year, what I think Jamison Crowder was probably the best receiver they had. Yeah. Um, but he also finished bottom of the NFL yeah. <laughs> in like everything. So, you know, it's you're looking so for these stars. I mean, that's that's a star. Like, I think that's a star that's underrated underpaid currently I think it's a guy that you can clearly afford to pay because you have cap space coming out of every room in that franchise and that facility like you I mean they've got just piles of money to hand out to people and I think if he was the guy I could see that happening I mean I love Jamison Crowder I'm not even gonna lie great love him to death but Kenny Galladay is a much needed upgrade yeah for them I mean to be fair there's a lot of guys that could go after but I could see that happening yeah 
I, mean, I wouldn't be mad. Crazy week, and I think this is just the beginning. Tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be an interesting ride. It's I feel like the road leading up to the start of this season is going to be so long, and by the time it starts, I'm just gonna need like a deep like inhale and exhale, and then it's gonna be a whole other roller coaster seeing how this season even plays out. Yeah. Oh, we're in for it. Um, but I'm not mad about it because it gives oh, us. I love it. Time. I know. Like, I, I think we were texting and we were like, what are we going to talk about this week? And then all of a sudden it's like, what, what are we like? We're choosing from yes. 20 things to talk about. We're like, you know, hey. we had so many options and we were like, no, we'll save this. We'll focus on this right now. But I literally texted you Sunday night. And I, I think it was, the, I think I was just panicking. because like nothing yeah. was happening. And I was like having that sense of like, what is going to go on? And I texted you and I was like, what are we going to talk? Like, I thought we were going to have to like find things. Yeah. And then literally the NFL was like, no, Pierre, have <laughs> your pick. Like you choose. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And I'm, I'm excited to go into an off season that's somewhat normal. Yes. Not fully normal, but we're on we're the right track. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. I'm excited for it. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I think it's just take a deep breath right now and then prepare for free agency, which is going to be an absolute um, comedy special, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> may the odds uh, may the odds be ever in your team's yes. favor because it's not looking good for most teams out there right now. But, but. definitely, we're in a dark we're in a dark place. Let us know. Tweet at us. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on yep. Instagram. Let us know who you want your team to get in free agency. Yep, onside chicks on Instagram. Make onside sure to subscribe on Twitch. Onside chicks pod on Twitter. Twitter. Follow us. Tweet at us. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you guys next week. Yes, bye. Bye.